All right, so welcome back into the live stream. Today, we are gonna be jumping into the global state of crypto report. Dive into what some of the findings are. There's some interesting things within it. I think that uh, one you guys will like. It also will give you some idea of how adoption may curve over the next decade. My name is Paul Barron. Welcome back into TechPath. We love to dive into these reports. Uh, every once in a while, we'll get a chance to take a deeper dive in these, kind of piece together some additional detail uh, to give you guys some indications as really more around the whole idea of adoption and what that might look like in, say, the next three to five years, because I think that's going to be one of the big growth curves that we'll start to see occur. When you look at any major adoption era, it's usually that bell curve, that one that just pulls it right off the ground. You see it in the tech industry, mobile, internet, you name it. Uh, and I think that's where we are with internet. If you look to the report, a little bit about this report, it's done by Gemini. Uh, their, basically, their statement is 21, 2021 cryptocurrency reached a tipping point evolving for what many people considered a niche niche investment uh, opportunity to, into a global established asset class. And I think the big point here that they're hitting on is $30 billion in crypto and blockchain startups, more than $10.5 billion in investment. This was in Q4 2021 alone. A lot of that came from Bitcoin's all-time high and that explosion of the metaverse, especially when you look at October and November. Those were the big months. Obviously, this is Q4, so $10.5 in investment Q4. And then cryptocurrency, of course, cap-wise, almost hit $3 trillion, uh, in that same time. So again, this is great information, but a lot of this, and I, I, me being the, um, you know, optimistic, but always a bit skeptical about some projects and also kind of the evolution of crypto is that was a very, very interesting time is the first quarter, fourth quarter of last year. It was like almost the perfect storm was happening. You had an all-time high occurring. You had a run-up on adoption curves of the retail investor. You had so much news and information from the Bitcoin maximalist that were really pouring into the marketplace. And I'm talking about the Elon scenarios, the Michael Saylor scenarios. And then you cap that off with Metaverse. All of that happened and ended up being uh, a pretty significant uh, role in 2021. Just to give you kind of a breakdown on this, uh, some of the findings here were pretty straightforward. 41% of crypto owners surveyed globally purchased crypto for the first time in 2021. That's pretty interesting because I think for you guys, if you're watching our show, most likely you're an early adopter and you had already had purchased crypto in 2020, maybe 2019 or earlier. Uh, for you And many of the people now here, this number, 2021, 41%. Then you look at more than half of crypto owners in Brazil, 51%, Hong Kong, 51%, and India, 54% just got started in 2021. So globally, that's 41% of respondents said they are crypto curious. I think that is a big one. The other factor that you'll find in this report, and we'll get into it on the details for the charts, is the crypto uh, gender gap may be narrowing. In other words, the crypto bros, I think your days are numbered. I think the ladies are coming in and going to class things up a bit. So it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of rolls out. We'll get into some of the detail, but some of the big ones are really crypto uh, among crypto owners, women in developing nations. This is something that we'll, you'll see in the charts uh, with women representing at least half of crypto owners in Israel, 51%, Indonesia, 51%, Nigeria, 50%. These are pretty big numbers when you look at developing nations, which I believe 
will be the next emerging countries around what we'll see in financial freedom, but also in innovation and technology. So lots going to happen around that. Uh, inflation, of course, the primary adoption reason. This is something you guys, if you're following our channel, you already know this. Uh, crypto regulation, you already know this, but there are some things within this report that are uh, kind of unique. And then education being the biggest barrier to ownership. And of course, that's exactly what our channel is designed for, is to one, uncover some of the projects that are out there, help you guys expand your universe in blockchain and understand a whole array of blockchain tech as well as metaverse and the gaming side of things. So there's a lot happening around all of that uh, when it comes to this particular report. Uh, and this was some of the things, you know, uh, when you first acquire cryptocurrency, this was Brazil. This was 2021, more than a year ago, within the past year. Look at that, 41%. Pretty significant. And then if you look at the curiosity uh, high across regions, globally, as I said, 41%. But if you look at some of the, the countries here and the breakout on the aspect between male, female, look at the, this is leveling the playing field, I believe. And it's getting to the point in some of these countries, which you'll see demographic-wise, that I think is really starting to lean in on the female investor. And I think this is a very good thing for adoption because, remember, women make a lot of financial decisions in the household. If you look at retail investors and you look at some of the best investors out there, women investors are very strategic because they look at things a little bit better from an, an, not only an analytical standpoint, but they also look at the why of many things. And I think sometimes, you know, the, the human nature of just the male uh, psyche is we're moving so quickly, you're moving one project to the next, analyzing tokens. We're much more analytical, but a lot less around the narrative. So I think that makes uh, for a really good investor. Think of someone like a Kathy Wood, or you look at many of the line of investors that are in the VC crowd that are really kind of retaking over what's happening in the VC market. So I would agree with this. And if you look at the other aspect of this is ownership by country. This is another factor that I think is very interesting. Right here, I want to jump to Brazil and Indonesia, running at 41% right there. And then you look at some of these other countries, including this layer right here of all the way from Israel into Mexico at 22%. Uh, and I think that, again, this is ownership by country. So I think as we see South America and Central America start to move, especially with Brazil leading the way, I think we will see South America and Central America really become one of the major hot zones for crypto in the very near future. This report kind of leaning in on that as well. Uh, high income ownership in developed nations. Obviously, we see Germany, France, UK kind of leading the way with France really being kind of the, uh, the leader at 63% on 40% or more. And then, of course, the US kind of is lagging along. Again, I think that is because we've seen so much pressure from regulatory guidelines. We are kind of falling out of favor in terms of innovation here in the United States. And I think that will correct to a certain extent, because I, I do think we're going to see some adoption uh, really rolling in that direction. Make sure and put your questions in the live chat. We'll try to get to as many of those as we can here before the end of the, the broadcast today. Global adoption among women. This is the one that we were talking about earlier. Women lead in developing countries on the adoption of cryptocurrency among women, Indonesia, Nigeria, and then also notably 
uh, France being also uh, crypto adoption among women in developed nations. So um, more than two in five, 45% of investors are women. So pretty significant. And I think my question to you would, would be how many women do you know that are out there investing in crypto or have asked you about it? And not that we have just guys watching this channel. I will say this, you know, from our own demographics, we do have a mostly male audience, but one thing is happening for sure, and that is our the female audience is growing. And that, I think, is indicative of what's re being reported here in this uh, Gemini report. Here's kind of the overall global adoption. Again, US, UK, look at those numbers. I mean, that is really flying up. And if you look at this in Mexico, 56%, this percent of, of future crypto owners who are women. And uh, I like Mexico, Brazil, and Colombia. All these are, are really emerging countries. And then obviously here in the US, a lot more interested in the UK and then France being, you know, as I said, leading the way. So good stuff for the ladies. Starting to close the crypto uh, gender gap also from an aspect of the demographics. So the 25 to 34, obviously still one of our highest demographics. This looks like our YouTube channel demographics right here. It did not surprise me one bit. However, I do think that we are going to see a big mix around 2022 in starting to move into these lower sectors. And you'll notice this right here already in the 35 to 44 the 44, 45 to 54, from 25 into 19 and 17, and holding on on 29%. Uh, so I think we're going to start to see this really start to change the gap in terms of the overall percentage, going down to what I think will be 50-50 on a female and male investor, which is where it needs to be. Good stuff out there. And then further in this chart, uh, Trust and volatility, security, big concerns. Again, I think a lot of people really kind of moving into this area, but people, as you can see here, I'm worried about volatility, uh, 33%. I have concerns. You can kind of look at this. This is Middle East, Africa. Let's look at Latin America, which is this blue bar. And I don't understand. This is the 42%. And to me, that is the biggest opportunity for where we're going to see mass adoption is enabling a educational format. And that's gonna be shows like this one, projects out there, a lot more editorial and research for uh, that podcast, I think will be another big area that will again be an area of exploration for a lot of crypto investors. So I definitely see this being uh, huge and growing. Education and regulation, top barriers. US right there, you can kind of see uh, just in terms of regulation. Um, 33%, and this is the big one, of course, is Asia Pacific, 39%. Um, good. Education, I think, still, that's a big one. And I think this is the area that as we see this growing and what, in terms of awareness, all these factors, I think, will start to roll out. We'll start to see this kind of becoming more of a mainstay and becoming more and faster adopted by traditional everyday investors, and probably people that have never invested before in anything, including stocks. So good stuff there. Uh, let's go in here. Crypto is the future of money. This was a question of many of the respondents. This is Latin America, 59% um, pretty much saying, hey, what is the future of money? These were the company, our countries that really believed this was the future of money. Brazil and Mexico, the ones I highlighted, 
The reason I highlighted those two, even though they weren't the largest in Latin America, Brazil was, Colombia jumped in there, was mainly because of Mexico and Brazil in terms of their overall population. So their population size, much larger, Brazil, Mexico, those two countries alone could have a massive impact on how we see this moving. Uh, UAE still a little bit, uh, again, this isn't big demographics in the terms of population. Uh, Africa, I do believe we'll see a lot more there. Again, population density. Uh, Asia Pacific, 61 and 59. This is Indonesia and India, of course, the big one here at 59%. That one, I think, is one that can sway the global markets because of the population density and the opportunity of tech integration in India. These are very smart people and their society is built around technology. So I think when you apply technology very smart people, and you give a potential new form of currency in play, that's where we're dealing with. Now, I've got some news on India a little bit later in, um, in the show to kind of break it down because there are some things in here. Uh, the other thing that will play into this is the currency of devaluation that we're seeing right now. So this is really kind of fueling the 2022 intent. If you look at the devaluated currencies, a lot of these are still in the green, no problem. But once you get down here... South Africa, Mexico, India, Brazil. And again, Mexico, India, Brazil, those are massive, especially Brazil, because of their devaluation of currency and their size and scope. Mexico, I would put right there in the top, well, they're in the top three, but also, and this is in terms of new adoption. And then India also going this direction. That's why you see so much activity in India, and you're also seeing a lot of very forceful regulatory scenarios rolling up in India. Last is inflation and diversification drive interest. This is, of course, 40% of uh, 6% of the respondents in Latin America and Africa say that, yeah, they think this is going to be a, a good way to protect against inflation. No news here on that one. Uh, and then lastly, I want to get into this little piece right here. And that is regional findings. Ownership nearly doubled in 2021. Uh, this is the number of crypto owners in the U.S. nearly doubled in 2021 with 44% of respondents saying they first bought crypto then. And again, I think this is a good thing for the United States because it's showing that we're seeing adoption numbers start to lean in. And when I see adoption numbers, demographic numbers, and then geographic demos starting to play into the more global narrative now you have something that's pretty interesting uh, going forward in terms of the overall growth and adoption of crypto, and especially Bitcoin, Ethereum, and some of the major altcoins, because I think those will be the ones that really see the biggest advantage. Gaming, Metaverse, those will have adoption uh, rates based on the entertainment side of things. I do believe that's going to continue to grow, but from a crypto aspect side, Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know, you look at Solana and even Luna, and, and if you want to jump into something like Cardano, but many of the other projects that are, say, in the top 20 to top 50 tokens that really reside in this area, those are the ones to watch, I think, in terms of adoption impact and what that might look like. Here's the one area that, and there's a couple of stories in here I want to show you guys, because it's not all roses, and it's not all, you know, beautiful, because there are some issues at hand. And anytime we're changing a global financial system, it's happened only a handful of times in the history of man. Anytime you're doing that, you're going to have pushback. 
And I think this is a good example of this. So Indian ruling party MP suggest increasing crypto tax from 30 to 50%. This again is just a, a um, proposal. It has not been done, but an MP from the India's ruling party in an interview with the government wants to make uh, life hell for crypto investors. Uh, this is parliamentarian Sushil Kumar Modi is the list of the view, uh, is of the view that crypto tax should be increased to 50%. The likelihood is when you have these kinds of, you know, crazy uh, approaches toward any investment class that is starting to develop, especially in India because of the adoption rate and also because of their understanding of technology. This, I think, is a big deal because the government is probably in a position where they're starting to think, wait a minute, maybe we're losing a little bit of control here. Currency is already devaluated. We've got a potential issue here. And crypto may be the, the fall guy in the sense of either this is going to be the, the guy that saves the day or they make it really hard. And this will be one to watch. So keep your eyes on India as we go forward. I want to thank our sponsor today. This is Zunami. You guys uh, have not looked at first decentralized aggregator, which has kind of arrived. And they've got some interesting aspects around their protocol and what they're trying to do. One of the things I liked, I want to jump down here in areas of UX, because this is something to me when you think about adoption, all right? And if you're looking at DeFi on a global level, the ease of someone being able to get into decentralized finance, to me, a good UX is the barrier in many cases. If you looked at Aave or Curve or these, many of the other DEXs and platforms out there, there are a lot of challenges for an average investor to be able to make that leap. So I think with Zunami, they're trying to a, a, a tench, essentially a, address this. And of course, the other aspect is going to be a governance crisis. They've obviously gone the Dow route, which I think is another factor that we'll see many more companies kind of moving into it. So you're going to see a lot of areas around rebalancing and diversification in this area, uh, which I think we'll see overall in, um, especially in DeFi, as it continues to grow. So if you want to check out Zunami protocol, just make sure and click the link below. It helps the channel out. And um, if you're looking at DeFi, that's the main thing I think is you have to get your head around where DeFi is going, figure out the protocol to get with, and then jump in and start testing the waters. All right, I want to jump to this story real quick on Elon uh, because this one to me is interesting. And this, of course, if, I'm sure you guys have heard Elon basically came in and became the largest shareholder on Twitter or for Twitter in terms of stake holdings within the stock itself. So he is now joining the board of directors after becoming the largest shareholder. Now, what does this mean for adoption? Now you think, Paul, how does that apply to adoption? The reality here, I believe, is that Elon has two big points here. One is he's a big freedom of speech narrative guy. And I think his whole approach toward freedom of speech and Twitter being kind of the water cooler effect of social. And if you understand where crypto growth is happening, we watch Twitter really more than anything. The amount of content the amount of sentiment data and the amount of people on crypto Twitter, which is a thing, is so big, so vast that the opportunity here, and then when you look at the opportunity of Twitter in general, remember, they're the ones that have already made NFT profiles capable with smart contract integration into Twitter. They're the ones being uh, the potential companies that integrate payments into a social media platform. I think the question will be whether or not Square 
Jack Dorsey's company, and Twitter, maybe look at a convergence here, and maybe Elon possibly makes that or helps that vision become a reality to where Twitter is a much more connected and financial uh, tool that could eventually become something either tied into the Lightning Network and or tied into Bitcoin, or potentially even be utilizing maybe other protocols in this. So when you think about Twitter, you've got to look at early adopters and the influencers, and influencers on social media are very critical. I think this is a big play for what Elon is doing. The other thing here is Singapore crypto firms operating abroad must now be licensed under a new law. Now, you would look at this headline and think, wait a minute, Paul, that's a bad headline. That's FUD. I don't think so. I think what we're dealing with here is the fact that Singapore, remember, is one of the hotbeds of crypto innovation and blockchain innovation. The fact that they're starting to find their way around the world and the fact that we're seeing now licensing under these new laws being a scenario, it tells me that all government and nation states have realized that this is a reality and they're starting to put those, those building blocks of regulation in place because every industry needs it and I think crypto is in the same position. Same thing in the UK. UK is in the same boat. UK plans a DLT sandbox for financial market infrastructures and a DLT sandbox is really just like a testing zone. They're talking about uh, announced three sets of blockchain-related legislative plans following multiple consultations outline plans for a regulatory sandbox for financial markets, FMI, uh, using DLT. This is in their speech from John Glenn, the Economic uh, Secretary to the Treasury. Above all, we want to position the UK, this is a very important statement, as a pro-innovation jurisdiction, which is attractive to inward investment and to firms who don't yet have a settled base. Now, I think a lot of this is happening because of the fact that we've seen so much movement going into Dubai and the UAE. And I think Dubai has positioned themselves strategically to possibly become a blockchain mecca. The UK has a massive amount of adoption and a big potential here, especially with their position in the EU. You apply that, you plug in some tech, and then you get the right kind of innovators and money behind these companies. And if you get the right regulation, now you've got the perfect storm. And I think that's the thing that many people are looking at what is happening in Dubai and in the UAE and how this applies maybe to other major European powerhouses. And eventually, I think we'll see that here in the United States. The U.S. just has a lot less competition because you're talking about the dollar as the reserve currency for the world. So lots happening there. So again, I want to jump to a couple of other stories here. One is this one right here, and this kind of leans in again on the U.S., uh, Treasurer Yellen to deliver the first speech on crypto in the U.S. economy. Again, this I don't know. I don't know if it's going to turn out well or if it's going to turn out bad. But the point is, is they're taking an a, they're taking a position, which I think is the good part here, is that we have not only legislative bodies looking at this a much more closely, which means it's clearly uh, addressable as a real asset class and that one and we're going to continue to see growth on but also as a potential leverage into the digital future of monetary systems. And I think that's going to be the question that a lot of regulators are going to be really faced with, and that is how do we build this out without losing control? And that's the big one. So she's going to make a case for consistent and comprehensive policy framework that promotes responsible innovation of digital assets, appropriately assesses and mitigates risk that they may pose. That sounds fairly reasonable, pretty easy to do. Now, we don't need the corruption in there, sure, 
But the fact is, is that with all regulation comes great power. And with that, we're going to see some major companies moving into power centers within the United States. Most likely, it's going to be some of the exchanges at first, and then we'll see some of the layer ones and layer twos uh, really kind of fly into this. And I think we'll see more and more lobbying at this point. And when you look at what Yellen's agency is doing, as well as the Biden administration and federal regulatory agencies, they're all devoting a lot more attention to crypto really since last year. So they're leaning in. I think this is a good thing. It points in the right direction. And I believe that this is where and what we need to get mass adoption, get an ETF approved, see them an average person, be able to invest in something like this on an open exchange and change the dynamics of how all of this can happen. Of course, the last story is really, and we'll get to some questions today. I know you guys have a lot. Uh, new Bitcoin tech enables, this is really, really not new Bitcoin tech, but the, the layer of tech on the Lightning Network. If you have not checked out our Lightning video, we did a video about a year ago with one of the Lightning developers, and she was really um, very forthcoming on where Lightning was at that state and what it meant for. And I think they kind of knew this was coming, but they just dropped this news. This is possible through a fundamental stability and security of Bitcoin blockchain by virtue of the advancement of the Lightning Network, second layer Bitcoin payments technology. This implication is basically going to be looking at stablecoin usage to ride on top of the Lightning Network. Now, what that means is that you've got this little piece right here, uh, Elizabeth Stark, and uh, I'm not going to pronounce that name, their CTO announced the novel ability to issue and transfer assets, including stablecoins such as Tether, on the Bitcoin blockchain, and this would be issued assets can be transacted in the Lightning Network by the end of 2022. This is important because this will give you rails and the potential to ride inside or really on top and around Bitcoin. This could be one of these very undersung aspects of where Bitcoin adoption could roll into, and that is as we see payment infrastructure starting to make its way into e-commerce and other aspects of social, which I think will be with the big ones for sure. So a lot happening today for sure. Let's jump over to the, man, you guys, you guys have a ton of video uh, questions. Today. Okay, it'd be great uh, if we do a video about cryptos for parents investing for their kids. That's a good idea. And, and how to look at that. You know, I've got a couple of young uh, children and uh, we're already starting about that. Mostly where I'm leaning in for them is into the gaming and metaverse side because when they grow up, gaming and metaverse will be a, a norm. For us, it's the financial instruments today, stock market, traditional instruments that we've invested in, in the past 20 years. But I think for our children, it's going to be an era of new innovation in tech and metaverse. So for sure. I want to jump to a poll real quick because I know we have one coming up. All right. How many women do you know that currently invest, currently own crypto? None, not much. I like this one or a few and then several or a lot. So that's 60, almost 61%. Keep it going up, guys. 61% now of females out there of our team. But I feel that's a little bit swayed because of the fact, because our team, the Diamond Circle, if you're here or watching this channel, you're already into it. You already understand crypto. So you're helping foster that curiosity, maybe in your own partners or your own friends. And I think that's an important thing in being able to help them educate their friends and their partners. So that's a great opportunity. 61%. Good for you guys. Good job. 
All right, let's go here. Uh, Terry Ball, how long can the dollar survive? Listen, there's a lot of pressure right now. World reserve currency uh, challenge with China. You've got Russia playing into this with trying to alter, you know, circumvent the SWIFT system. There's many factors that this becomes a global economic stage. And many people have pointed to this. And if you look at Ray Dalio's video, I want you to just search. I think it's the future of money. Ray Dalio on his channel. It's about a 20 to 30 minute documentary. I want you to watch that, sit back, grab some popcorn, and don't be afraid to be shocked because it will shock you on the evolution of currencies and how currencies shift. And it's been something that's happened since the beginning of man. Don't be alarmed. We are going to see a world reserve currency shift probably in our lifetime. So is it the next five years, the next decade? I'm looking at more like the next decade to 20. Uh, so definitely our children will see this. Uh, Tom T, my granddaughter will be one in May. I've already got her XRP and XLM wallet set up, man. You are rolling, Tom. I like it. XRP, good. Uh, I like it. All right. Uh, let's see here. Mohammed uh, Wazirix. We had the Wazirix team. That's a good one. Uh, will it pump? It's possible here, Wazirix, just so you guys know, Wazirix, largest crypto exchange in India. We had their team on the show. Go search the video. You'll learn a little bit about what's happening with their, their own crypto exchange. Remember, they're very tied into Coinbase. And Wazirix, I think, could become the Coinbase. Well, they are kind of the Coinbase of India right now. So that, that, that's an interesting one. If you're not in their token, might be one to look at for sure. Allison, let's go. Yes, more, more women. Power to you, Allison. Thank you for jumping in. Allison, you need to do something. I want to ask something of you right now. You obviously are an early adopter. I want you to go out there and share our channel with three ladies that you know that are interested or maybe thinking about investments and get them at least understanding and getting into the education zone. Not that we know it all because we have a lot of women on our channel that know much more than me. And getting them into the aspect of understanding where crypto is going. So there you go, Allison, I'm gonna ask that of you. If you bring some people out here, we'd love to see it and uh, make you an ambassador for our show. I love that. All right, Lineways, I only invest in design coins. All right, all right, or DGEN coins, I'm sorry. Adobe, Sheep, Cardano. Whoa, Cardano, I like that. A DGEN coin, Cardano. I don't know that Alex Becker would agree with that one, but Ape for sure. <laughs> and Master Shibi and Floki for sure. Yeah, those are definitely DGENs. All right. Hey, when are we going to get a fem a fem co-host? You know, we've had one on here before. We continue to try to grow. It's funny you mentioned that. We are actually eyeing some ladies right now that are doing so well on understanding what's happening in crypto, the metaverse. We're 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 eyeing some people right now. We're trying to bring some in to get some co-hosts going. So if you guys know of somebody, if there's a, a crypto YouTuber out there, a metaverse YouTuber, a gaming YouTuber that you guys know, point them in our direction, drop them in the comments. We're constantly scouring our comments. So yes, for sure. It's coming. Don't, don't sleep. It's coming. I think a lot of women are invested in crypto coming in from crypto. Steve-O, nice to see you back. We are at least interested, but I don't talk about it as much as men. Yeah. I think that's kind of the, the crypto bro, um, you know, culture that we have, we ourselves have created because I'm the same way. Um, I have my group of men friends that, I talk to them about crypto all the time. This is, you know, my biggest group. But one thing I have found as, especially with my wife, is she has a lot of um, very affluent professional women that she hangs out with. And they're starting to ask questions a lot more because they always ask, what's Paul do? You know, and then they watch the show. They learn quickly. And they're very, very, um, one, they lean into tech. 
and they also understand kind of the dynamic of the shift of human culture. And I think that's the big one that they're really understanding because women are very astute around understanding how culture, especially pop culture, and how that moves society. So think about that because women have a different understanding of what we see. It's almost a different lens. And I think with them really becoming a major force in adoption, it's a good thing. All right, Jeep girl, we love it. I'm invested. Good. Uh, Cato, I'm invested in crypto, but I don't know any other women that are. Well, guess what, Cato? You got to talk to some ladies. Get out there, buy some, buy some drinks, get some of these girls going, and plug them into some channels. All the good ones, Coin Bureau, uh, Ran over at Crypto Banter, our channel. If you like uh, digital asset news, get over with Rob. Uh, you've got uh, Invest Answers with James. All those, all those people, and I know those are all guys. We need that. We need the women to come on to the channels and help us out. So there you go. Open invitation. Jeff. Okay. I don't know a whole lot of people that own crypto. Of course, I know people on social media that own it. But yeah. Okay. Well, I think that again too, Jeff, is just to the point that we are still very early. So you're in the right spot. And it's in the in a spot that I think we're going to see um, a good one. Last one coming in from Palm86. I'll just go there. Uh, what's the chances we go back under 40K? I think we have some good chances is that right? Good chances? I think there will be a chance we'll see Bitcoin under 40, 40K again for sure. Um, or at least I feel like that. We There are some things that pl- play into this. I still believe April is going to be a bullish month. So look for May and possibly June. If you haven't seen our analysis, our TA analysis video, we just did it. Uh, it was with Evna, although you'll see, if you go into our videos, you'll see the one on Bitcoin. And If you look at where Evan was kind of pointing on the TA side of things, and when we look at it from a sentiment standpoint on the CPI, the Crypto Power Index, is I'm looking at the leaning indicator of where sentiment is leaning. And sentiment right now is still leaning up. Even though we have some of the major tokens trending slightly down, they're not falling. So I don't anticipate that we're going to see a major dump anytime soon. And I say anytime soon next week. We could see an adjustment with some of the altcoins, and I think those have started to really kind of adjust there, but I do think we'll see a 40K Bitcoin, uh, under 40K Bitcoin again. All right, you guys. Oh, Super Chat coming in. Thank you, my man. Uh, Solo TV. Uh, I'm Crypto Chad looking for my Crypto Stacy. I like it. Maybe we need to get some dating uh, advice out here. <laughs> anyway, well, you need, to be a, you need to be a Giga Chad, though. You, all right. Once you're a Giga Chad, then all the Stacys will definitely come and want to talk to you for sure. All right. Because then they're going to want your, they want to mind your money and your talent. So and understand that. Then they get smarter and then you're in trouble. So that's how it all works in the life of a crypto couple. Probably you guys already know that. All right. You guys, of course, tuned in over on the podcast. Right now, the best thing you can do is jump over here to the YouTube channel. You get a chance to kind of fly into a lot of our Analysis, we do. We didn't do many charts today just with the Gemini report, but we do get into charts a lot. And sounds like there's some more crazy uh, comments coming through. So, But anyway, uh, we do get into the charts a lot. So make sure and subscribe to the channel, like a couple of videos. You'll love it. And uh, it's going to be fun. If you guys want to reach me, it's out on Twitter, at Paul Barron. We'll catch you next time right here on TechBath.